Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tea with Louise. And I have a returning guest today, my friend Desiree Antua, whose book, Sun Signs in Love, was published. <laughs> We've both, I've got two. <laughs> was published on Eclipse Day, November the 8th. What a day to publish. We've got a little story to tell about that. <laughs> What we've learned is that publishers should actually listen to the astrologers that they're publishing, but that's a fine. They didn't. It's all good and all going to be good in the end. But we're going to kind of talk a little bit more about uh, Desiree's book and, and a little bit about writing and publishing and so on and so forth. Um, but uh, so this book, um, Desiree, is just lovely. And by the way, my... Um, my words are on the front cover because I did a little uh, testimonial for the book and I just love the book. So I've, but um, I want to say before we dive into the conversation that because I actually have three copies of the book now, mm -hmm. I'm going to give two of them away. Um, but I'm only going to give them away to people that become members of my Venus Enchantment community. So I'm going to do a drawing, but there'll be one for the USA and one for anywhere in the world because shipping is so expensive now I can only ship one outside of the USA so if you're interested in winning one of the books in the drawing um, go to my website louiseeddington.com and draw and join my Venus Enchantment community now I'm having a membership drive for the community anyway and people who become members before the end of the year and remain members through next summer will also get my next Venus retrograde class which will run from early July through September free so <laughs> there's two incentives to become a member of my community now. Go the, enter the drawing for the book um, and remain a member and get the Venus retrograde class free. It'll be my fifth time running the Venus retrograde class. And honestly, it's the most amazing class ever. But anyway, enough about me. <laughs> Welcome, Desiree. So you're officially a published author now. What does it feel like? <laughs> uh, it definitely feels like I've joined a club. Stephen Forrest actually emailed me um, and he literally said that to me and I about fell out of my chair. He goes, welcome to the club. And I said, thank you. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it feels, it's still a little surreal, but um, it's so fun. The whole process is is definitely a lot of fun and releasing it was I, I did feel like I was in a vortex you know like in a because I was it was the eclipse vortex but um yeah it's been wonderful and you know I was just gonna bounce off that uh you were talking about you know your um Venus retrograde class and I believe it will be in Leo this upcoming year yes which going to be interesting you know my husband and I we reconnected during a Venus retrograde so don't fear it right but we were we've known each other for a long time and we reconnected and and that's one of the things that can happen during a Venus retrograde is you can connect with past flames so not always a bad thing no, it's definitely not. I actually love Venus retrogrades, um, which is why I do the class, because I think, you know, they're a huge time of, of growth in, in love, in relationships and in self-love and all good things Venusian. So I'm quite excited about the next Venus retrograde because the, the middle of the retrograde when Venus meets the sun um, at the Venus star point is yeah. exactly conjunct my Uranus. <laughs> That's very interesting. I know. <laughs> I have to check in with you to see what's going on with you at that time. And it's in my eighth house. Oh. <laughs> very maybe, cool. Maybe maybe we'll renew our vows because you know I've been married twenty five years, so I don't think <laughs> romantic or maybe yeah, like a surprise trip or like something surprising where last minute. That's fun, though. That's exciting. Very cool. I'm very excited about that. But anyway, back to your book. <laughs> so let's, let's before we dive into the whole book, tell them uh, why um, 
launching on an eclipse day that square Saturn is perhaps not the best idea. <laughs> right. So, you know, eclipses act as like coin tosses. I feel like it can go kind of one way or the other way. And um, which is why many astrologers always kind of say, hey, we don't really recommend necessarily uh, manifesting on that day because it might not go the way you plan. Um, it's just really obscure energy. Um, and so <laughs> when my publisher was like, you know, months and months ago said, all right, this is the date. We're going to do November 8th. And I'm like, oh, okay. So as an astrologer, the first thing I do is I go look up the date. And of course, the first thing I noticed was the eclipse. And then the second thing I noticed was uh, Saturn square in Aquarius, which um, formed a T-square because the North Node is currently in Taurus along with Uranus. And so it made this T-square and then Saturn was at the apex of the T-square. So Saturn represents longevity. And so I was like, oh no, my book isn't gonna have any longevity. <laughs> so I said to my publisher, I said, can I get a different date? And she goes, nope. So I'm like, all right, well, this is the energy I have to work with. And you know, we're just gonna make the best of it. But then on my launch date, uh, Amazon was completely sold out of my books. <laughs> people want to try and they couldn't and I'm like oh but I I kind of being a Sagittarius and always very optimistic I kind of see that that was um the Saturn was separating and moving away from the south node and all that Scorpio energy and Saturn is also mastery and um and lasting things over time so maybe you'll get that, you know, maybe it'll be a slow build. I like that optimism. And I have Sagittarius rising, which is you know, my Sag sister. And I've, I'm a very optimistic. Jupiter's my chart ruler. So uh -huh. I always keep it positive. So I'm going to, I'm going to take that from you. And I'm just going to hold yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Because I've, I've looked and despite the initial, like, you know, because the first publication day is always the big day for any book. But um, but I've looked where it is in the um, in the rankings and it's not doing too badly. So I wouldn't worry about it. So just keep doing your podcasts. And um, my first book was a slow build. It what? went nowhere on the first day and um, and then it got well up there. It's faded away. Like top 10 forever. <laughs> Oh, that's that's the second that's the second one that's just stayed up there. <laughs> but my my first one did get up there. It just took a little longer. The second one kind of went straight up there. So you can't tell with books, really. So what was the, you know the um the chart for your second book, which has had amazing success? What mm. what was what was the chart like for that when it was published? If you don't mind me asking. Can't remember. You don't remember. I would be curious to see. I'm like, that's what I need. I need some of that. I'm a I'm a terrible astrologer. If I don't get to pick the date, I don't really look. I'm like, well, it's got to be perfect because I have no choice. Because publishers always pick the date. You literally do not get a choice, which is I learned that really fast. So. Yes. So before we dive into the meat of the book again, um, are you still writing, doing another book? Um, I have been asked that a lot and I have been, of course, like some ideas have been swirling around, but nothing has really struck me as like, this is what you should, your next one is. Um, this one took so long to write. I mean, I've really been writing this for really since 2012, because it's a, this book is a compilation of all 78 love matches, which took me years to write. Um, so this is a, is a compilation of almost 11 years of work. So if they were, you know, if my publisher came to me and they're like, all right, what's next? I'd be like, all right, well, I don't, I haven't been working on anything that long. And so this really does feel so final, but then I'm like, okay, well maybe, 
maybe there would be something a little bit, yeah, like different or new or fresh that I could focus on. And it just hasn't hit me yet. So I don't know. I'm not sure yet, but it'll come to me. I know it will. Mm, maybe Venus. <laughs> maybe Venus, Venus sits in my first house. So um, it's a yeah. very, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll see. There, there's always something will come through. I think once once you've got the bug, I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, Desiree's a great writer anyway. You have to Thank go you. follow her on um, Instagram, particularly is where you post mostly, right? I do. I'm really a- active on Instagram. Um, you can find me at Simply Sun Signs. I do like a daily um forecast so I talk about you know like today Venus moved into Sagittarius so that's my focus for the day and uh, but I do trines and squares and I've even added some people those so I'm like all right let's just do one almost every day um that's way it's kind of like fun you go check my page and say like see what's kind of going on in the sky and and then kind of uh see if it resonates with your day it's kind of just a fun thing to do so Oh, I do. I've been doing daily forecasts for years now. I'm kind of addicted to them. I keep thinking maybe I should give myself a break and go to weekly, but I like doing them because then I'm really in tune with the energies too. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I haven't always done them. Um, I started doing them just a few years ago. So I have had some epiphanies about my own chart and how my own chart reacts with certain transits and and the longer you do them the more and more you really understand even your own natal chart and just the energy in general of what that feels like and how you can prepare for that and um and now I'm addicted too so (laughs) because it's fun it is fun and that's why I encourage people to carry on reading of a, a daily thing and see how it kind of because astrology is all cycles and nothing happens on its own. So, so, you know, we're kind of looking at the process of these evolutionary cycles going on and on and on. And when we, when we write every day, it's not just a, a simple, well, the moon's in Leo, so it's all going to be shiny, bright and happy. There's a bit more to it than that. (laughs) Although I do like, I do like Leo moons personally. There's nothing quite like a Leo moon or a fire moon in general. I'm surrounded by fire moons. So I, my moon is in, in Scorpio. So I have a water moon and my mother, my mother-in-law, my husband, my son, like literally everyone around me has a fire moon. And I guess I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Good for you. Okay. So into the meat of the book. I mean, we took, we looked a little bit, um, at this in the last interview so if anybody wants to go back and listen to our first interview we talked about it but what I love and I put this on the front this was the quote from from my testimonial I said the secret source that sets this book apart is the encouragement to look at the moon and other planetary signs in love as well as just the sun and and that's uh, you know your um your great kind of um, inspiration, I think was Linda Goodman who did the sun signs, right? And your focus is on sun signs because the sun sign is the core and the meat of our, who we are. But you can also, oh, there you go. Linda Goodman's love signs. <laughs> it's got a lot of love. It's been used a lot. Hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You hope somebody's, your, you know, you're holding up your book in a few years like that. Yeah. But we're more than just our sun sign. So I love that you say, you know, if you know it, kind of look at your moon and um, and other things, Venus as well. You, could, For example, I have Venus in Scorpio. So we are going to look at Scorpio a little bit in depth because Desiree's a Scorpio and I have Venus and Neptune in Scorpio. And um, so I'm going to try and avoid, of course, you know, when I when I did a testimonial and got the book to read, I was like, I went straight to my bits, you know, and and the bit that made me laugh out loud was my moon in Gemini with my husband's moon in Aries. And I was like, she just nailed that. <laughs> but we're not going to keep it all about me today. So let's talk about Scorpio a bit today because we're in Scorpio season still. And we both have 
quite a bit of Scorpio. So Desiree's going to do us a little reading from her bit and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, being in love with a Scorpio or even someone who has a Scorpio um, or a Venus in Scorpio or any major planetary placements in Scorpio um, is always felt, right? <laughs> it's always felt um, in, a, in a very um, uh, concentrated way. In fact, I went to Norwalk earlier this year in May, um, and, uh, you know, I can't remember who said it, but they said to be loved, there's nothing better to be loved by a Scorpio, and there's nothing worse than to be hated by one. So they're very black and white. I don't know if there's a lot of gray area with loving a Scorpio. Uh, it's kind of very, it's, very intense <laughs> it's intense it's very intense but if you're into that then it's perfect for you right they're their own flavor um they're like an acquired taste think of like a really strong cup of coffee the first time you ever have espresso you're like oof and then after a while you kind of get addicted to it and you're like I kind of like this now and that's what loving a Scorpio is like uh, it's a little addicting as long as you're able to get used to the intensity so uh, it's, a very, it's a very magnetic sign too isn't it it's like they they keep drawing you in <laughs> yeah so you you know I think it takes you forever to really get to know one because they have so many layers. And so they're a very uh, complex, they're very complex characters, which makes them interesting and enigmatic and um, fascinating, you know? So I think that they're a mystery to be solved and a lot of people like that about them and want to try to unsolve or unravel their mysteries. So. Um, but yeah, so in my book, I open each chapter, so you kind of like the little picture, but it has like the little, um, the constellation, and then I start out by talking about the archetype and their lesson in love, and so I say Scorpio's love archetype is the alchemic lover. They transform and create love through a seemingly magical process. Scorpio is complex, secretive, introspective and tactical. Scorpio's lesson in love is to impart that love is desire and absorb that love is relinquishing. Mm. And then the table below gives what body parts Scorpio rules, things like that, what animals are represented by Scorpio. So we've got all the basics like that. So go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I did this little table because I thought that it would be fun. Like if you, your partner is a Scorpio and you want to get them a gift, um, you could look at the crystals or the flowers that belong to them. Um, or even just like what kind of food. So like, you know, I put, um, you know, different types of food that they would like. Uh, and so like a great spot for a Scorpio would be like a little like hole in the wall that nobody knows about, but it's like the best food in town. Like that's very Scorpio. Um, so I just, and then I go into um, their ruling planets, which obviously is a huge piece of the pie when you're talking about understanding the energy of each sign. So I go into obviously their traditional um, and modern ruler. I do both. And then I go into the mythology, which I love astrology, mythology, love it. And mm. I find it fascinating and I find connections all the time. Um, so I had to add that in there. And then I do some positive and negative qualities. And then I talk about how I go into little, little chapters. There's just about a page and maybe a couple, a page and a half um, about how Scorpio loves how to spot one, uh, how to lose one, and then how to bed how to bed one. So, and then it goes into all of the matches. So it starts out with Scorpio and Scorpio and goes to Pisces. So, and then of course the book is laid out like that for every one of the signs. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think it just gives you like a good. I think it's great for people who are brand new to astrology, as well as even people who are. Um, not brand new and they're just looking for some interpretation when it comes to the energy of what two signs are like together 
Yeah, I do. I agree. And I described it as rich, appealing and descriptive. Desiree's writing is like really clear. And I love how you kind of describe all the signs, which is why I laughed out loud. When... <laughs> what part, I mean, what part did you, uh, I'm at the Aries and Gemini right now. Okay, I'm a, I'm a Gemini moon with an Aries moon. Your husband is a, or your is your husband is an Aries moon. Yeah, my husband uh-huh. has an Aries moon as well. Do you have like yeah. a love hate relationship with it? Because I do. Yes. <laughs> so like, one thing I love about it is he is so sure, and when he makes a decision, he is like. Oh, so sure about it in fact we got engaged only after like three months and I have Mars and I have Mars and Libra so when he proposed to me I looked at him and I said are you sure because <laughs> it had only been three months I'm like what's wrong with you <laughs> well yeah he knew, he knew right away yeah and Gemini moon me was going really <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly exactly but yeah, so I, I say here um, about Aries and Gemini, they're an unstoppable team and they're always looking for an adventure to conquer together. There's not a lot that will hold their interest for long, um, which is why these two are always on the move. Aries fizzles with a childlike impulsivity and Gemini is determined to achieve complete individuality by breaking every promise of the soul. Like they're just, it's like almost, two children hanging out all the time and just non-stop fun it is yeah and I love that and we're always doing road trips and we've lived in three different continents together and we're always exploring things and we have a Scorpio and a Cancer child children so poor those those poor watery children <laughs> they probably just get the two of you and go hmm <laughs> <laughs> when are they going to grow up <laughs> yeah but never never and that's what's so beautiful about it in yeah. fact I, I end that chapter and I say these two are both so wonderfully useful together and if Aries can just remember to let go of control and if Gemini can stick around and skip the next gust of wind that comes by love can do just about anything for them so, yeah yeah, yeah. And it's true. But, you know, the, the bit that made me laugh, I think, the most was Gemini will always drive Aries a little crazy in the worst and best ways. <laughs> I drive my husband nuts. Aries always feels like Gemini is searching for something that does not exist because they're always looking back and recollecting. <laughs> anyway, it went on like that. But it was just, yeah, anyway, I'm not well, going to laugh. You're making but, me yeah. laugh. Yeah. But talking of Scorpio. Which signs are most compatible with Scorpio? You know, I mean, so I'm a firm believer that any any astrological relationship can work, truly. And in fact, I the more modern we get, um, I've seen so many conjunct and square couples and opposing couples. And I think that's because the more modern couple nowadays is not really looking um, for necessarily what's easy, but what a partner that will help them grow and be a better version of themselves and mm. squares create growth opposition yes, yeah. right um and because there's that little bit of friction that gets things kind of moving and grooving and it's you know it's just like it kind of shows you parts of yourself that maybe you need to work on or maybe you didn't even notice until you got with this person but um, there's a lot of growth from that. So I love all, I love all of them as a Scorpio personally. Um, I absolutely love Scorpio and Virgo together. Um, mm. I find like they, that they have a really interesting di- uh, dynamic between them primarily because what's fascinating about this pair is that Virgo has a um, very fluid modality because they're mutable mm-hmm. and Scorpio has a fixed modality, which is stable or stagnant. But then mm-hmm. when you talk about their elements, it flip-flops. So Virgo has earth, which is a very stable element. 
And then Scorpio has this water, which is fluid. And so it's almost like they, and that's the only pair that it's, that it's like, like that in that sense. So it's really, it works really well. And there's also this like attraction of light and dark and the mixing of light and dark that just, it's really neat. Um, my son is a Virgo. I find him incredibly healing to be around. Um, and I think Scorpios are very protective. So I think, you know, they offer Virgo a lot of protection and, and loyalty. And I don't know, I just really love that combination of energy. What about you? What's your favorite Scorpio match? What do you, what oh, do you think? Gosh, I actually, well, I can I look at my parents and my dad was a Scorpio and my mom's a Taurus and oh, opposite yeah. just really attracted attracted in that case they had a very happy marriage he died unfortunately quite young but um but until he died they were just and she's never remarried they were definitely had that kind of real connection and bond and and I love that you talk about the elements as well though I think earth and water goes very well together or it can be a little bit muddy at times but <laughs> if there's too much water yeah it's a little bit yes. but um but I agree that there's no terrible and and you're also just not only your sun sign so and it's it's also dependent on where in the chart everything is so and I do love that about your book that you're you know some of the old I, I can't say I read many sun sign books that did this but articles particularly and um blog posts and things they, they kind of just focus on the negative and you know um summing up this one sign I would never go out with a Pisces or something like that I'm like really <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah. so reductive of people it's you know yeah. It, it, yeah I walked into a bookstore not long ago and I was um, flipping through an, uh, an astrology book and it had all of the really 78 relationships ranked by a star base oh and it's just like, um, yeah, this is not, this is not, shouldn't be out in the universe, but it is, um, yeah. you know, and I just hope that people understand that judging your relationship just based on your son is like judging a book by its cover. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, of course, like I am a wholehearted believer that you, you are core of you is, is your son, but, um, like, yeah. and here, here's my thing. So like square signs are a great example. Everyone is always going after the square couples, which what's mm -hmm. funny, about, what's funny about that is they have the same modality. So yeah. they communicate the same way. Is it, is it communication the most, one of the most important things in your relationship? Yeah. So they have that in common. And in fact, like my brother and his wife are a Virgo Gemini pair and they connect through talking like you should see that it's like they're like a they back and forth and, and I'm like watching them like this like they're talking you know and it's like they're they're so intelligent and they're both just that's how they love each other is through communication yeah. so it's just it's silly and another one that doesn't get enough credit is quincunx so they're really the ones to say that yeah they're really the ones that have like nothing in common, right? Because they don't have an element in common. Their modality is not the same. And one is yin and one is yang. So they really don't have anything astrologically in common. But what's fascinating about them is their sign or their sons fall in the eighth and fifth house. Well, hello, that's mm -hmm. sex and passion and children sex, passion, and affairs and the heart and bonding yeah and I think because they are so different they're fascinated by each other like Gemini Scorpio since we're talking about Scorpio Gemini loves solving puzzles and Scorpio is a thousand piece jigsaw for them and they're like yep I'm I'm interested now you know and um Aries and, and Scorpio is the other Queen Hucks pair for Scorpio and that's they're both Mars world <laughs> talk about physical attraction and passion and I mean they don't get enough credit oh so you know overall I, I would perhaps in my opinion say that some signs have to kind of make 
a few more adjustments to kind of fit in with each other, whereas some signs instantly kind of go like that. But then those adjustments make the uh, relationship more interesting as well. So agreed. Uh, agreed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, life's. You, can you imagine if you meet somebody and and you just like feel exactly the same? Interestingly, and and I, I'm not giving any information away here, but I did have a client recently who um, was looking. Um, he's started a new relationship and he wanted me to look at both their charts well they were born three days apart <laughs> and he kept saying well will we get along and I was like well you're kind of the same really <laughs> I have to tell you this story because you brought that up so, I've known my husband my whole life almost since I was a, a kid and we've been married we've been together We've been married for um, five and a half years, but we were engaged for a couple years. So we're talking like seven years that we've been like living together. And so I have, of course, one of the first things I want to know is his birth time, right? So I know everything else, but his rising sign. And I asked his mom and she couldn't really remember. She said, I think it's around this. I'm like, that's not good enough. So, <laughs> so you know, I kind of let it off and let it off. And I always thought he was Capricorn rising because we're both Scorpios. Um, so I, eclipse season came around just, and I'm like, you know what? I I'm done guessing. I am going to get his birth time. And so long story short, I filled out the form. I paid the fee. I waited two weeks and I got it. And we are both Sagittarius rising, Scorpio yeah. sun, Mercury and Scorpio. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm literally married to myself. So <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious this couple was pretty much the same the only, yeah, the only thing our composite chart looks like my birth chart yeah the only <laughs> thing they had different was their moons <laughs> and their moons were in a sextile to each other which I thought was nice that's really nice yeah yeah so I was like it's gonna be really pretty harmonious pretty you know yeah. <laughs> you know each other well so. <laughs> The thing with conjunct pairs always is just um, they act as like a mirror. So when things are really, really good, they're extra good. And then when things are really, really bad, it's like, okay, you're kind of fighting your own demons, you know? <laughs> so um, it's, and I can say this because I, I understand this energy very well. Um, okay. It's it's condensed. I love conjunctions though. My, my chart is very conjunct. So yeah. um well, my husband uh, was born on December the 7th and me December the 14th. So, yeah. so our sons are just seven degrees apart. So, yeah, I get it. So, so within work conjunction. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah within work eight degrees. So that counts. Yeah, definitely. And it shows because what you said is exactly true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we're heading into Sagittarius season, but happy birthday first to Desiree. It's her birthday coming up. So happy birthday to her. Um, she signs her emails, sincerely your Scorpio. And I just love that. So. <laughs> I came up with that a long time ago. All my work emails or my muggle job, I always sign them sincerely. So when I started my blog, I was like, sincerely your Scorpio. That's it right there. So <laughs> it is. I know. She's very good at these little things. Um, I'm Sagittarius and Gemini moon, so it's changing all the time. I don't stick with one thing. <laughs> oh, you know, but thank God for my Sagittarius because I would be a very serious person if I didn't have my my rising at zero degrees. I mean, at that fresh degree is always just the fun, the fun one, you know. I love the I love the zero degree. It's fool's degree. Mine's twenty eight Sagittarius, so I'm on the galactic center. <laughs> I but my mercury is conjunct desiree's rising sign so if we're not careful we would talk all day but i hope you find it entertaining anyway as we have a laugh together and things so, so tell us uh, i mean we can't go through every sign and we want you to buy desiree's book because it is it's one of those books you know, a lot of um, astrology books are written for other astrologers, really, um, you know, because they go in depth. And then there's also some what I would call 
mm, I don't want to be uh, mean, but I would call the the kind of less accurate kind of beginners books that are very kind of like you said about the ranking the relationships in order I'm sorry that's just like oh my heavens no please don't do that (laughs) reading it I'm like and just shaking my head like come on let's not publish stuff like this (laughs) I can promise you this is not one of those books this is one of those books that could grow with you because even if all you know is your sun sign at the moment you'll get a lot out of that by looking at how you work with other sun signs in your lives then you can uh, learn when when you if you take it further and learn to calculate a chart online you could do it for free astro-seek.com is my favorite site for a free line a free chart but there's also astro.com and and then you can find out where your moon is and look but how you relate moon wise and so on and so forth but it can grow with you because you can keep going back to this but you can if you or if all you ever know is the sun sign you can just uh, get a lot out of it with the sun signs but um i want to talk a little bit about sagittarius because i'm a sagittarius (laughs) stellium so i that's like my second sign you know i feel like very much both of them so yeah, yeah, me too. I've got a Scorpio uh, small stellium too. So we're kind of a bit, little bit reserved, reversed in that way. But um, tell us about Sagittarius in love. Yeah, so Sagittarius, and I'm just reading here from the beginning of the Sagittarius section. So Sagittarius love archetype is the explorative lover. They are in, inspirational, assertive, energetic, and zealous partner who explores exotic realms, both physically and philosophically. Sagittarius' lesson in love is to impart that love is sincerity and absorb that love is devotion. And I think sincere is the best word for them. And hence my my sign off, because the one thing I think I love so much about my own personal Sagittarian energy is just the honesty and the you know the search for knowledge never ends and um, the zealousness the optimism uh and so when you're in love with one I they are just if you want to keep one they're always looking for like an adventure what's new what's next you know um bigger is better with Sag you know there's these I mean, they definitely don't like to be bored (laughs) to be on to the next experience, I will say. But, you know, growing up as a Sagittarius, when I was young, before I knew the whole chart, I obviously read all about my sign growing up. And Sagittarius was always portrayed as like, you know, they'll never settle down. You can't keep a Sagittarius. And actually, it's just not true. I, f- I find that, you know, we are extremely loyal once we connect and commit to somebody, once we find somebody. Uh, Sagittarius is kind of one of the loyalist signs, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that out of all of the 12 sun signs, they're not afraid to to show you how they feel about you. They almost like wear their heart on the sleeve a little and I think that they are really good at bouncing back. So if they go through a bad breakup or if they go through something a little tough with love, they don't harbor any resentment and they go into their next relationship just as open as the first one. And you have to kind of admire that about them, that they're just able to really enter into love with this rose-colored glasses. And that's what makes them so fun to love is that they don't have a chip on their shoulder. Like they're down for, they know that every love experience is not going to be like the last. So they go into it with this really optimistic attitude. And I love that about Sagittarians and how they love is just, there's nothing small about it. It's it's not at all. Big, big signs of affection, you know, um, expansive gestures, big gestures, all that kind of stuff. And of course, you know, of course, we do have some negative qualities, even though we're the best sign. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and Desiree does list them as um, 
recklessness um, can have emotional confusion, carelessness, rude, fickle. Um, I always call the rudeness, though, um, foot in mouth syndrome because um, because we're not malicious at all. We don't think we actually intend to cough in people's mouths. <laughs> but we yeah, do. If, I, if I'm not careful, people can definitely. Um, I have Uranus, Saturn, and Venus in my first house in Sagittarius. And people can take me wrong. And I'm never out to hurt anyone, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have been taken a little wrong a few times in my life. And I'm like, whoops, sorry about that. <laughs> you <Me> know, <laughs> sorry. good at apologizing too. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for my foot and mouth syndrome all the time. I mean, I just say it like it is. And, so, and I think I'm very animated too, like my face. And that's my Sagittarius first house stallion. <laughs> I can't help it. It's my face. So, and my face sometimes is like, oh, like this. And people are like, that hurt my feelings. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we can't really hide what's going on behind very well. Sagittarius rising, particularly. So, since we're both that. Yeah. Oh, how I feel. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I guess what, what I really kind of tried to get at is that in this book, you, whilst, um, you know, every sign has its less desirous aspects or negative aspects, as you want to call them. Um, you, you don't focus on those and you don't you, you kind of focus on the, uh, bringing out the best in people, which to my mind means that, say, for example, if you're a Pisces and you've you've fallen for an Aries and they're kind of very different things but you can understand how to work with each other through this book as well so. absolutely. absolutely like a great example of that is um my uh my husband's mars is in virgo which <laughs> hypercritical let's say uh, and like no relaxation so like saturday morning i'm like you know i put a full week oh i just want to relax have a hot cup of coffee just chill out he's out up there doing chores and jobs and oh I can imagine got his hammer and nails going in his drill yeah. what are we gonna get done today what's what's what are we doing what what kind of what kind of what are we gonna get done where are we gonna go what chores are we gonna accomplish and I'm like oh no please leave me alone but then you know what I do I look up at the sky and I say Thank you, God, for his Venus and Mars, because at least somebody's getting something done today. And I just have to like it creates yeah. passion, even though it drives me crazy. And I'm and I turn it into gratefulness. Exactly. <laughs> so, and so, so that's what I love about the approach of this book. You can even if you're one of the less compatible signs, you can just learning about it and understanding it can help you to uh, be more forgiving and more yeah. grateful as you said for what that other person brings to the sign yeah. yeah um I don't I don't know my husband's birth time I've tried to um I've never managed they don't put it down in the UK so I've never tried I'm always trying to rectify it but um he's got some strong Virgo in there too I, I always say okay. he's a human doing not a human being <laughs> I mean <laughs> my Mars is in Libra. I'm just trying to be beautiful and relaxed, you know. And <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, and that's what that's my hope for this book. Actually, um, I think in I can't remember if it's in the beginning or the end, but you know, I I think one of the takeaways that I say and my hope for couples when they read this um, is to, you know, well, here, I, I just say, um, every relationship has its highs and lows, its blessings and its areas of opportunity. My hope is that book, that this book gives you a new set of eyes to see your partner through as well as room to grow and understand your companion on a new level in hopes of prolonging and bettering your love or in finding love. Um, and I'd say, it's successful at that because even though I've been practicing astrology for a lot of years now, my focus has not been relationships so much. I'm more the individual kind of psychological kind of astrologer, but I've, clearly I've looked at some relationships, but 
it just helped me even with my own relationship, even though I've been married 25 years, because I'm like, oh, yeah, you can always learn more. <laughs> that's, that's what's the great thing about astrology. You can um, always learn how to work with each other and understand um, each other and yourself um, at a deeper level. And this book will definitely help you to do that so i'm hoping um a lot of you will go out and get it <laughs> or uh, some of you will become a member and and you know go in the drawing to win a copy which would get mailed out to you um by me <laughs> not by desiree but um anything else you want to tell people about it desiree and um about you she's not taking at one-on-one consultations currently maybe next year so just go follow her on instagram if you're interested in that at some point she's yeah, a little busy at the moment right <laughs> i'm a little bit busy yeah and then you know linkedin it's the holiday season so now it's time to you know focus on family and and um which i love to do i have a four-year-old so uh the holidays with a little kid is really magical and so fun so um yeah so I'm just gonna be doing focusing on that and and focusing on the book through the holiday season and um I'm on Instagram like I said so please follow me there um just one last thing about the book it is focused to be on relationships but I did have a woman message me on Instagram the other day and she said you know I love your book um I'm not in a relationship and I'm not um interested in really being in one right now but I love your book because I use it for my own chart. She has her Aries, uh, her sun in Aries and her moon in Cancer. And she said, everything that I've ever read about that combination is always negative. And then when I read your book, I felt like you were, you know, like I learned how to love myself. And I was like, wow, like that was absolutely not how I wrote the book because I wrote it obviously thinking of the combination of two people's energies but you do have different energies that live within yourself and that need to learn how to get along. Sometimes my Sagittarius and my Scorpio fight each other. <laughs> like you guys need to get along. Mine too. And sometimes my Gemini and Sagittarius fight each other because they're opposing each other. So yeah, I'm going to go and read it again, the sections to do with myself. And, and you brought up your four-year-old too. Uh, it, you know, it's not just partner relationships we're talking about here you know it's talking about friends you and your children you can help under learn how to understand each other and how you work with each other so you know yes it's sun signs in love but we we love more than just the person we end up in a long-term relationship with we we love a lot of people in our lifetimes so yeah. it fits them all so. <laughs> many soulmates <laughs> believer in having many soulmates in your life for so oh I, I agree I don't ever think we just have one I'm not a, a big fan of when am I going to meet my soulmate I'm going to go well you've got lots of them yeah that's a Sagittarian way of thinking you've got a lot of them <laughs> everybody <laughs> no I'm just kidding no some people are definitely not my soulmates but that's okay <laughs> yeah you can have right Right. Um, I do yeah. believe well, you have an opportunity to meet them. I believe that you, you cross paths, but I have girlfriends that are soulmates. My son is most certainly my soulmate, um, my husband. Yeah. Um, so if you think about it in a non, um, the non-sexual way, like uh, soulmates are, are just two souls that knew each other and that connect in a really, really deep way. And um, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah exactly yeah and there's many ways to connect as well but uh, and and this book it just just the language and just the, the you've actually got quite a good sense of humor through it as well you well your humor comes across on this but it comes across in your writing as well which I like so yeah some yeah, books have are... a little humor in your relationships because relationships are hard and sometimes you just need to laugh about it <laughs> you have to yes. Some books are so dry. Uh, this one isn't. <laughs> I try to be conversational. I try to make it feel like I'm sitting there talking with you like a friend. Like, And that's actually how this book got written was um, a friend came to me and asked me about her relationship. And 
my Mars is in Scorpio, so or I'm sorry, my Mercury is in Scorpio, so I like to sit and kind of think. And writing is a really good tool for me um, to like collect my thoughts. And then writing it is just it becomes more intentional and and just it sounds better. I think um, it filters my Sagittarius rising, if that makes sense. So um, I wrote it for her, and she read it and was like, "This is amazing. You have to." this you have to do this for every all of them and so when I write them I I think like I sit and I think like I'm talking to a friend every time I wrote all of them and um so that's why I feel like they are more conversational like it's almost like you have a friend giving you advice just and that's kind of what I'm trying to do because I've been studying archetypes since I was 12 years old you know I'll be 35 on Saturday so it's been a little while Well, she does it really well. Are you going to Norwalk next year? Only if you are. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to go. I've bought my ticket. Well, all right. That's the sign. I'm going, everybody. I got to go. <laughs> and, and you know, um, I've been to a few astrology conferences now. And I think you should actually create a talk based on your book and start to apply to speak. Because this, you know, there's too much um, emphasis, I think, at conferences on the more complex things that astrologers, you know, you know, and and, and that, yeah, that suits somebody who's been practicing for years. Yeah. There's also a lot of newer people at conferences who need something that's kind of more at the entry level, shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if I have your blessing. I might just do that. And I'm going to put in there, Louise Eddington told me to do this. <laughs> I blame it on you. She gave me the, the courage to do it. I've been thinking about it, but I, I, that's kind of my setback is I'm like, well, is this going to be not advanced enough for, yeah. Cause a lot of the classes there are very advanced. I just went and I learned so much, but, um, but right, it was it was uh, a lot of topics that I wasn't familiar on, and I've been studying for a long time. So, um, yeah, maybe 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 I should, maybe I will. I think you should, and I have some ideas. So when we stop recording, don't go away right away. But anyway, <laughs> I'll stick around. <laughs> okay, so thank you for joining me again, and um, and just congratulations on you know I'm having having been paid to write three books and by a publisher and pushed on deadlines, I know writing a whole book is quite a feat and to, and kind of do it on your own is even bigger feat. Yeah. <laughs> but congratulations on being picked up by Llewellyn, a great Thank publisher. They are. And, uh, you're just awesome and um, keep going. thank you thank you for having me I really appreciate it and for all your kind words and support and yeah go get your copy everybody it's out there